When writing the story of your life, don't let anyone else hold the pen. What's up, everybody? This is Andrew May. This is the Allegory and Elm podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Katie May. Hey, hey. We are here today to talk about the author of your fate. We are here to shoot the shit and be real. If that sounds like something you're into, let's go. So yeah, I want to kick off today's episode by asking you all to write a review. And what that does is that helps us to be seen and heard by more people. Uh, we love providing value, providing amazing content for you. And so uh, I just want to read a review that MK Rocks C12 wrote. If you've been listening for a while, you find value in what we do. Please, it's very simple. You just hit the three dots. You can even do it while I'm talking right now. Hit the three dots, go to show and then hit write a review and you just write it. Um, so yeah, this review says this is as relatable as it gets and it's five star review. It says if you are looking for partners that are going to be real and raw about what they have experienced in order to share with the world and relate, this is it. Just listen to their first episode. I had an affair and it was so good. Vulnerability isn't a weakness, it's a strength, and it's obvious with this podcast that we can all relate to and come together for. So thank you so much, MK Rocks C12, for that review. It reminds me of like the old school days with like AOL, AIM, like <laughs> my name was Broadzilla 360, <laughs> legit. <laughs> it was totally true. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember what mine was, but yeah, it's, that was an era, man. It was. <laughs> Allegory and Elm is a weekly topical podcast where we take the topics that the people want to hear about and discuss them like today's topic, which is the author of your fate. And so I'm going to read this quote again that you heard at the beginning. It's this it's the the author of this quote is actually unknown. Uh, it got popularized from a Harley Davidson ad, but this is just such a cool quote that says when writing the story of your life, don't let anyone else hold the pen. And so that's something that came up for me recently. I read it, I heard it. And for me, it was a realization of how for a lot of my life, I have allowed other people to hold the pen and dictate my story rather than living into my own story and being the author of my own fate, the author of my own story. And so I thought it would be a great talking point and an encouragement to our listeners to stop allowing other people to dictate your life and you actually taking control. And the reason it came up is as I've been sharing more about my story, I realized that I knew, and as we've talked about personal legends, I knew what I wanted to do very young, very early. Even when I was like 16, I knew I wanted to be a photographer and I just listened to what other people said. I gave them the pen and they said, you can't make money as a photographer. Other people said you like other people told us, oh, your marriage isn't going to last. And so you can take those things and you can say, oh, yep, here's the pen. You get to de decide essentially what my fate is rather than. And it sounds arrogant to be like, no, I'm the motherfucking author. I am writing my story, bitch. But and maybe you don't have to be that aggressive with your, with your language. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but for me, I do because for so long I've given the pen over. And for me, it's a reclaiming, it's a retaking of that pen. It's an anointing. It's me saying, no, 
this is my story and I'm going to own the shit out of it. And so for me, the, the language is necessary. So how about for you? Yeah, I think what I've realized about being the author of my own story, my own life, my own fate, as you say, is it's taken me a lot of deconstructing my story to really figure out how I want to write it moving forward and like what chapter is next. Um, I did this really cool meditation on my birthday. I just like looked up meditations for birthdays Mm -hmm. (laughs) on the simple habit app. And it was just a really short practice, but it was really powerful because I had never meditated on my birthday before in this type of way where basically she had you kind of do a visualization as if you were like standing on the precipice of the next chapter of your life. Cause essentially a yeah. birthday is, is a mark, right? It's, it's a mark in time. Chapter 37 folks. <laughs> chapter 37. And she had you like actually visualize what would the titles of your sections in your chapter be. So like in the next year, what would, what would you want to have highlighted in this next chapter of your life? And it was like, wow, like that's really cool to like visualize actually authoring, you know, I'm here in this foreshadowing of this next year and I can get that down on paper and start like looking at that. And, Mm -hmm. and I think that was so powerful because oftentimes I feel like in life, we just kind of go like, we just, you know, we grew up in whatever families of origin we grew up in, you know, we had those messages, those stories kind of put on us. And then you come into adulthood and you're kind of like, okay, I'm going to follow this path. I'm going to do this career. I'm going to go to this college. I'm going to be in relationship with this person. You know, for me, it was like, I'm going to go to college, be a nurse, get married, have kids. That was like all I knew that adult life should be and work for 30 or 40 years. And then you get into it, I think, and you're like, is this it? Is this all there is? Yeah. Is this what, you know, not that I was completely unhappy, but I definitely felt like there's, there was something missing. I wasn't, I wasn't energized like about my life. Like I, I was happy with it, but it, I wasn't like, oh, I'm so alive and doing this cool stuff. And I, I always have felt for a long time that there was something bigger that I was supposed to be doing. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't describe it. I couldn't really tell you about it. Like if you would have asked me like three years ago, I would have just said, I don't know. I just feel like I'm supposed to be impacting more people or serving in a different way. Not that I need to like completely leave my job, but what else can I be doing to feel this? And so that kind of sent me on a quest. And then Mm -hmm. the news of the affair happened. And then it was like, Oh, okay. Well, my marriage isn't at all what I thought it was. So then, then what is it? You know, like, so then it kind of threw me into this whole like hero's journey of, you know, deconstructing that. So I feel like for me being, you know, claiming my pen has looked a lot messier (laughs) than it sounds. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I love the idea of chapters for your birth years, essentially. And so like, for year 35 for you, 2019 seemed to be somewhat of like, life isn't what you thought Mm -hmm. it's, we're going to be deconstructing. We're going to be 
shattering the foundations of everything that we thought we knew, that you thought you knew about life and about who you are. And then 2020, year 36, chapter 36 was like bag of dicks year. Like just, it was actually a great year for rebuilding mm-hmm. for us, but there was just so much else going on around. It was like really hard to focus on all that stuff that, that we needed to do in order to grow because there were so many reasons to feel victimized or to, to feel like a victim. And yeah, there was a lot of room for excuses and, yeah. um, and I don't want to say that callously, like there was a lot of struggle and yeah, a lot of heavy shit happened yeah. to a lot of people. So we don't want to minimize or mitigate any of that stuff that other people have really struggled with. But we do want to kind of say that like a realization we had in chapter 36 for you was that essentially we can't, regardless of what's going on in the world around us, we can't feed into that in terms of excuses. We have to take the pen. You know, we could have given the pen and said, oh, you're right. Like the economy is shit. Oh, you're right. Politics are just off the rails and everything's going to shit. Everything is going wrong. Like the, the world's going to end kind of stuff. You can give people the pen and you can listen to that noise and, and let them write that story for you. But that story's not true for you. That story mm-hmm. wasn't true for me. And I did give over the pen for a little bit at the beginning of 2020. Um, yeah. Like last probably March and April were, were darker months of that year for you. Yeah. Cause you were like, I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. It was a floundering of sorts. It was a, yeah, it, it was almost like writer's block. If we're using this pen analogy for, you know, this episode, I think it was like, yeah, what next? Like, what, what do I do with a pen? Does someone else want to take over? And I think that we can get to those places if, uh, if we're not continually coming back to ourselves and our values and what's important to us. And so I think that like, what is the story that we want to have for our life or like, what story do we want to tell? Mm -hmm. Like, I know I want to be a hero. I want to be someone who I want to be like Frodo, man. Like I want to be like these characters who help other people and like save the day basically. Mm -hmm. I think we all want to be the hero of our own story. And so, you know, for me, what that's going to look like is me taking the pen and taking what you like to say a lot messy action. And Mm -hmm. that's what I'm trying to do right now. A lot more. I think in the past, I, I'm like a pro at procrastination, like pro level, really good at it. And I think in the past month, even I've been more like, no, let's do this. Let's schedule it now. Let's schedule it for this time. Let's not fuck around. Like I just don't have time anymore to fuck around. Yeah. And I think too, I mean, for me, the journey of writing my own fate or authoring my own story, it's a daily practice. Like I think I used to believe that people just had it or they didn't, or people just were like, 
supposed to have a good life and have all these great things or they weren't like I didn't believe in the power of of manifestation or like that you could actually create your own reality and I'm starting to read more about it and really study more about this whole concept of really just embodying the life that you want to have because what most of us do is we say oh well when this happens, when the kids get older, when, you know, I make this amount of money, when I have this resource or whatever, then I'll do this. And instead, what I've learned is back to kind of your point of taking messy action, just move your feet, like take the first step. Because I think what holds a lot of us back and what used to hold me back is, well, how can I do this if I don't know how it's all going to play out? How can I you know, take this risky step if I don't know what that's going to look like in three months, six months. And to me, like talking about deconstructing and rebuilding faith has become so much more of a real word to me in this process, because to have real faith means to me that you are trusting that process that you're going to take that next step and then the next step is going to unfold and then the next step is going to unfold and you don't have to have it all figured out you don't have to know what a coaching business is going to look like in five years you don't have to know you know where you're going to be in six months because you can't know that you can't like we want to have this control and we want to think like we we thought 2020 was going to be this great year of us like expanding Allegory and Elm and starting a podcast and doing all this stuff. And it has been. But if we would have let 2020 really sink in and stop us, we wouldn't be where we are right now. If, yeah. if we would have said, oh, well, this is you're just going to go to shit anyway. Let's just not do all of this. But instead, we didn't. We kept, you know, we took pause. We y'all you needed some time to like adjust <laughs> to 2020. But then we just kept taking that next step like that each week. What are we going to talk about? OK, that feels right. Let's talk about that. And I think that is really what faith is about. It's about taking that next step without knowing what the next step might be. Yeah, I think what you're driving at a really interesting point in that taking the messy action or taking action at all is work. It's actual work. And so giving the pen to someone else isn't really work. It's allowing someone else to write your story. It's allowing someone else to dictate and determine your life. You can also set the pen aside. So complacency, just, I'm going to set the pen here. I'm not going to even focus on it. I'm not going to write anything. I'm just going to coast and you can do that. But I think you're going to find that your life isn't very fulfilling. I think you're going to find like what you said earlier, what's missing. And I think it, until you're willing to take up the pin, even if you make a few mistakes and you have to scratch it out or whatever, or you have a draft that doesn't quite work right and you need to rewrite, I think that that's fine. I think that's so much better and you'll be so much further along than if you hand the pen to someone else because they're going to write whatever story is in their head, not the story that you want to tell. And so it's going to be so much more work rewriting their story or waiting two, three, four years, and then finally picking up the pen and being like, oh man, I could have had a brilliant story already. Why have I been sitting on this? And I think it brings me to a point of change is scary. Mm -hmm. And Katie and I are in the process of some 
major changes right now with our daughter schooling with, uh, you know, potentially moving. And like, it's, it's something I have been reluctant to even mention on here because like, I'm actually afraid of it too. Like I've been pushing for talking about this with Katie of like, you know, some things that we've been discussing about potentially moving, not like out of Asheville, but just finding a different space that feels more authentic to us. Yeah, exactly. But and it's scary because it is. you root, you like, we, we get rooted in where we are and we get attached essentially to where we are. Yeah. And I think the way forward often feels, it feels scary and it feels dangerous and it feels unsafe. And if you just, if you leave the pen on the table, it's so safe. If you don't write anything, it feels so much more safe because you can't write anything wrong can't write anything right either is the counter to that. So I think the thing is, is with taking the messy action and actually, you know, moving forward, you're able to write something that's at least interesting Mm -hmm. and you can change it. Like I said, you can rewrite, you can, you can ball it up and throw it in the trash and change it. But if you aren't actually doing anything, I think that for me, the complacency is the killer. Mm Mm-hmm. And moving backward into safety is not one of my values. My value is stepping out into discomfort. It's where I grow. It's where I learn. It's how I step into my personal legend, into who I want to be. And I'm constantly trying to do that. I tell people all the time, I think I get like weird vibes or, or just kind of like pushback from people sometimes. Like I've, I've said this in a few clubhouses about discomfort And I hear responses sometimes of like, wait, what? Like, that doesn't make sense that you want to make yourself uncomfortable. Mm. And I'm like, that's where I gain my confidence. I'm not a confident person. I can feign like I'm super confident, but I'm not. And it's for me continuing to show up, being consistent and stepping outside myself into something new. You know, speaking at my mom's funeral, that was not something I wanted to do at all. I was asked to do it and I actually really wanted to do it at the same time. It was this counterintuitive thing that I didn't want to do it because it was hard. It was hard for me to get up in front of 200 people and talk about my dead mother, you know? And I think that if I hadn't done that, if I'd have given the pen to someone else in that moment, I think you, that's where you'll find regret. And I don't want to have regret. I'd rather get up there and blubber and mess up and say something maybe not appropriate or whatever, or get up there and like just absolutely show myself that I have it within me, you know, Mm -hmm. then to kind of just be sitting with everyone else. Not that they're cowardly, but like for me, it would have felt cowardly. I would have sat there and just like, been looking down at my hands and, and not feeling that confidence. And I would have gone away from that situation without feeling like, Oh wow. Look at Mm -hmm. what you did. You know? Well, and we've talked about this before. I don't know if we've talked about it on here, but I think a lot of people think confidence is just something that somebody has, or, you know, they just, there's confident people and there's unconfident people. I don't know. I think people think 
that sometimes that I'm just not a confident person. I mean, that's a story. I've a lot of people, I'm just not a confident person. And I think what we've figured out is the only way to be a confident person is to do scary shit, (laughs) to do scary shit and prove to yourself, like, it's not going to kill you. You're Mm going to be okay. You're going to make it through it. And Otherwise, there's no way to build confidence. You'll just stay feeling unconfident unless you take those risks, unless you feel that fear and you move through it and you do it anyway. Yeah. I think what's interesting about this, comparing this to authors and whatnot is like the best authors will write themselves into corners. They will write something to where it's like, oh shit, how do we get out of this situation to tell the most compelling stories? And so like, I think that that's what I'm encouraging our listeners and myself to do is to move forward, write myself into a corner. So I'm, you know, like, oh God, you know, like I got to come up with something interesting here. I got to, I got to do something. I think that that's, that's where jealousy of others comes into play. When you see other people really writing their story and owning it, taking risks, not, not just like flagrant risks where it's like, Oh shit. I don't, I don't know that you should be doing that, but just like measured risks, things that they seem to be living into their personal legend, who they're supposed to be. They're living the life that you desire. (laughs) I think you need to be able to write yourself into a corner or write yourself into something more than just a blank page basically. Yeah. And I think use those hard emotions as mirrors. You know, I think so often we feel those hard emotions like jealousy or anger or frustration or sadness or whatever. And we, our tendency is to push them away because they're uncomfortable. It's like, Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to be a jealous person. I don't want to, you know, feel this way about somebody else or about my life. But I think really what those emotions are doing is sending you a message. They're a message to say, Hey, there's something about this person's life or this person that's really ruffling something about you. It has nothing to do with that person. It's really just a mirror back to you to say, Hey, maybe this is like something you've been wanting to do and you haven't. And so now you're judging this person instead. Why don't you just ask yourself what it would take for you to take that first step toward this thing that you really want to do in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And so I want to, this is making me think of Brianna Weist and uh, something that she said. So in terms of your story, don't write the whole chapter. Like you're not going to write the whole chapter. You're going to write one sentence or you're going to write one word. Don't even worry about writing a whole paragraph. And like, if you literally want to write out some of your story of what you want to do next, that's a really great place to start. If you have a journal, get your journal out and start writing. Like, this is who I am. Not, this is what I want to be. Like, this is my story. Buy a brand new journal and write my story at the beginning of it. You're telling it. And so, uh, yeah, like I said, just that small step of write a sentence, write, write a few words. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, Katie's got something from the mountain is you that she's going to read. And, you know, it's a book it's, we've talked about it ad nauseum on this podcast, but I do feel like it's one of the most helpful books that I've ever read in terms of the mountain is you is you're essentially the biggest thing in your way. You're 
you're the thing in your way, but you're also the thing that can get you to where you want to be. Um, Absolutely. And I think it, that's a hard pill to swallow sometimes. I think we want to, we want to blame other people or situations or circumstances for where we're not in our life. And at the end of the day, the hard truth and one that's been hard for me to swallow is if, if you're not living the life that you want to live, it's on you. Mm -hmm. It's on you. And I, I know that sounds a little bit privileged because not everybody has the same opportunities or experiences. I also do believe though, that the belief in yourself has to be there no matter what your circumstances to push you toward the life you actually want to believe you can have. And if you don't have that belief in the possibility, it's going to be really hard for you to work through the things you need to work through to have the life you want to have. Yeah. And, and part of that, and what I'm going to read here is about this act of self-care, which gets thrown around a lot. The word self-care gets thrown around a lot. It's kind of a buzzword right now. And the reason I really like this is because self-care is not, it's not just a checkbox. It's not just a, let me get my nails done. Let me get a massage. Let me get, you know, a glass of wine. Self-care is a daily practice. So Brianna Weist, the author of The Mountain Is You, she says the deepest form of self-care is building a life you are in love with. And that is often a very unbeautiful thing. It means making a spreadsheet of your debt and enforcing a morning routine and cooking yourself healthy meals and no longer just running from your problems and calling the distraction a solution. It means looking your failures and disappointments square in the eye and re-strategizing. It is not satiating your immediate desires. It is letting go. It is choosing new. It is disappointing some people. It is making sacrifices for others. It is living a way that other people won't. So maybe you can live in a way that other people can't. It is becoming the person you know you want and are meant to be. Someone who knows that salt baths and chocolate cake are ways to enjoy life, not escape from it. And I think that just hit me like square in the eyes this morning because I am so good at escaping through busyness and through distraction that it's easy to get sidetracked. It's easy to just think you're going through the motions of authoring your life because you're doing all these things. But what I'm really sinking into and have been for the last few months is the being part of that. And, and self-care is this practice of being with yourself in the moment every day and trying to really connect with what is my essence? Who am I? Why am I? What am I here to do? You know, we weren't just placed on this earth randomly. I don't believe. I believe we all have a purpose. We all have a legend waiting to, to happen, a story waiting to be written. And I think it's up to us to get still enough and quiet enough and enter, enter into ourselves enough to be able to really hear and connect with that essence. Yeah. I just got this cool visual of essentially like when we die that we're in this gigantic library. Like we enter this gigantic library where everybody's stories are on the shelf and you can just read stories in perpetuity, like however long you want, you can pick up anybody's story and read 
what they thought about their own life. And like, I don't know, eternity frightens me. Like it terrifies me, but I think that the idea of having endless books that you could just endless time, like time doesn't really exist. And so it doesn't really, you're not afraid of it when you're in eternity. I know it, it gets ethereal and weird when you talk about stuff like that, but I, I just had this interesting visual of the book being like put back on the shelf whenever like it being taken off the shelf when you're born and like, here's a blank canvas, write the story you want to write. And then when your life is over on this earth and you die, like put the book up on the shelf. And, um, yeah, I just want to say to kind of close this out, I kind of want to anoint our listeners. Like I want to, uh, when I was a kid, I loved nights and I loved the idea of like an anointing and like someone taking the sword and anointing their shoulders and giving them a sword and claiming them to be a knight. And so like you are an author. If you're listening to this right now, you're an author. You're the author of your life. You're the author of your fate. That's what this episode is. Katie's an author. I'm an author. And so I'm giving you the pen. I'm anointing you like you are knighted essentially to take this pen and be stingy with the pen. You know, you're going to want to guard that. It's, it's your sword. It's your, um, it's your birthright basically like hold on to it tightly and do not give it over to someone else and don't let it sit and collect rust. Don't let it just sit to the side and you know, not help you in any way use it bitch yeah (laughs) i love it (laughs) that's what i'm gonna leave y'all with thanks so much for listening cheers peace y'all if you are continuing to dig these episodes you can write us a review at apple podcasts and let us know what you think of the show if you want to pick up some of our merch you can do so at allegoryandelm.com slash shop you can get a shoot the shit and be a real hat or a tri-blend shirt. If you want to connect with us on Instagram, Katie is at Embrace Yourself Whole. Andrew is at Allegory and Elm. Thanks so much for listening. Your story matters. Cheers.